As we stand on the doorstep of a new year, moving from one year to the next, one decade to the next, I'm wondering today, what kind of a year is this going to be for all of us who love God's church and want to see it move forward? Is this going to be just another year that comes and goes? Or will this be a year where we see the power of God active and flowing through our lives as leaders, a year where we see God do the exceeding, abundant, above, and beyond. That's my question for us today. So welcome to a special bonus episode of the Leading Second Podcast, celebrating a new year, 2020. Let's do this. This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. Well, Happy New Year, Leading Second. Welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. Like I mentioned, we are so excited you're here today for a special bonus episode celebrating a new year, a new decade as we're on its doorstep. And today we wanted to bring you a message and some thoughts that I hope will encourage you, strengthen your faith as we head into a new year, believing for this to be a significant year for all of us who are serving in our churches. If you lead, but you're not in charge, Leading Second is for you. If you love God's church, you want to see it move forward, you're part of a vision bigger than yourself, welcome to our tribe. We're so glad you're here today. Today, I want to bring you a message that really I have found myself preaching to myself the last couple of years at New Year's. I believe maybe this is a word For someone listening to part of our tribe today as you head into a new year and a new decade, that maybe this would be your word like it was my word. Today, I want to talk to all of us on how to have a personal revival, how to have a personal revival. Philippians chapter three and verse 10, it says this, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ. I think above anything else, this is my prayer for the new year. I want to know Christ and I want to know the power of his resurrection. My conviction is I just don't want this to be a normal year, a normal decade. I want this year to be a year where where myself, my ministry, everyone listening, that we would all walk in the very resurrection power of Jesus. But I believe that will happen when all of us individually commit to having a personal revival. Have you ever been so tired that you know you shouldn't be driving, but you decided to drive anyways? Ever been like that? I'll never forget um, uh, when Lindsay and I uh, were just about to get engaged. We were on our way out on a trip to Colorado. I proposed to her on a family trip into the Colorado mountains. Both of our families were there, but to get there, it was about a 15-hour drive to get to Colorado. And since we're Christians, we couldn't stop anywhere to spend the night. And so we had to drive through the night, getting to where we were going to get at about 4 a.m. And we entered the foothills of the Colorado mountains at about 2 a.m. after having no sleep, driving all night. I'll never forget, I was driving a vehicle I wasn't too familiar with, and and I was going to 
turn a blinker on or windshield wipers on or something and accidentally turned off the headlights. Now we are hurling at 70 miles an hour around curves and cliffs uh, in the Colorado mountains. And I'll never forget accidentally hitting those headlights. And both of us are screaming. I'm fumbling to try to find the headlights. Uh, thankfully I, I found them and we, we were in no danger and we arrived safely, but I'll never forget that moment. I'm driving right now, but I'm too tired and I have no business driving right now. We've all been there, you know, in, in the natural, we've all been there in our lives. But the truth is, Many believers are asleep at the wheel. Sadly, there are many believers and many in full-time ministry, I believe, living as Christian atheists, believing in God, but living as he doesn't exist. Believing in God, but not living a life full of the resurrection power of Jesus on a daily basis. I believe Sometimes that's the reality. And if I'm honest with you, I've been in that place personally before. I've been in a place where I was driving the car active in ministry, but, but asleep at the wheel spiritually. Adding on to that, for those of us that serve in church leadership, it can be easy to boil down our lives and judge ourselves on the success of our ministries while neglecting how we're doing personally with Jesus. I think if I took a poll of everyone listening to this episode today, I'm sure we would all say some version of, um, I want to see revival happen in my city. I want to see revival happen in my church. I want to see God do everything he wants. to. I believe if you're in ministry, you want to see that happen. But what I want to offer to all of us today is that corporate revival begins with personal revival. That if we want to see God do all that he wants to do in our lives, our churches, and our ministries, that it will begin by all of us choosing at the beginning of the year to have a personal revival. And so as we head into 2020, I wonder what condition your spiritual life is in. I'm not asking how your ministry is doing. I'm not asking what your numbers are. I'm not asking how your budget is doing. I asked how you are doing spiritually. So often at the new year, we lean into subjects and conversations of how to have new habits, New Year's resolutions, how how to lose some weight. I got to get back at the gym, you know, how to get more productive, all the, and you know what? Every one of those conversations has its time and its place. I just want to ask you the big question today. How are you doing spiritually? Honestly, are you alive or are you asleep? Are you alive right now serving Jesus spiritually or is ministry just a daily task and routine to you? Because I know I have had my seasons in both of those conditions. For a long time, I, I'm just, I hate saying it, but for a long time I was in full-time ministry, but I neglected that side of my life. And I thought that I had to have the perfect prayer life or the perfect faith life or nothing at all. And Jesus really got a hold of me a few years ago and recalibrated me. And I can say that I arrived in a season where I had a personal revival, where things in me came alive in new ways. And that's my prayer for you for this year. I wonder what comes to your mind when I say the word revival. If you've grown up in church, no doubt you have some connotations of that word. I looked it up in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. 
And here's a couple definitions of the word revival. Number one is to return to life, to recover life. Another definition would be to recover new life or vigor, to be reanimated after depression. Another definition would be to recover from a state of neglect, oblivion, obscurity, or depression. In chemistry, the word revive or revival is to recover something to its natural state, like a metal, the state where it was supposed to be. I truly believe that revival is more than just a series of great church services like those of us might think of if we've grown up in church. I believe the simplest definition of revival is something dead returning to life. On a personal note, about three years ago, I found myself in a season where I needed a personal revival. The saddest part was I didn't know I needed it, Um, but I did. For context, this was a season where ministry was booming for us. Ministry was successful. Ministry was thriving, moving forward. Our schedule was full. This is pre-Leading Second. It was actually out of this season that our dream for Leading Second was born. But I was in a season where ministry was doing good, but I came to the realization that I wasn't doing good. The ministry was moving forward, but I was hurting on the inside. And I was, um, I wasn't well. I didn't know it, but I was in need of a personal revival. And it was in that season that Jesus found me, that Jesus in his kindness led me to a place of dealing with some things. And in the process, I came alive in a new way. And like I mentioned, we actually launched and the dream for leading second was born out of that season. Yet when I look back off and tell people the greatest miracle in that season was not a ministry. It was not a new season for us. It was a season where I had a revival personally. And if something in you is dead or dormant, if something in you is depressed or hurting, as we head into 2020, my prayer is that you too would have a personal revival. I want to read to us for a minute out of Luke chapter 8, and this is some wisdom that came into my life in that season. Maybe this will be seed for your own personal revival for this year. I want to read to us out of Luke chapter 8 and verse 40, a very well-known story of a man named Jairus. It says this, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him, to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing around you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, Someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. 
Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And here's the promise for Jairus. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. So here in this story, we have a man named Jairus who is a religious leader. He's a synagogue leader. So he's a spiritual leader in the lives of people. And Jairus arrives at a moment where he absolutely, unequivocally needs something from Jesus. He goes to Jesus because something is dying in his life. Someone is dying in his life. And he goes to the one to whom he knows can bring new life. And he came to Jesus out of his deepest tragedy. His 12-year-old daughter was dying. Can you just imagine the panic? Can you imagine the desperation? This story, you know, it's well known. The crowds were there that day. They were pressing on Jesus. Can you imagine Jairus getting there and waiting in line patiently to make his way through the crowd just to get a moment with Jesus? You know, we all have situations that drive us to our knees, that drive us to Jesus. I think one of the most important things I've ever heard about that in my life was to never despise the things that drive us to our knees. Because those are the places where we meet Jesus again. And if something in your life or your soul is hurting you today, it's not God's will that you would stay that way. I believe that those are the areas where Jesus wants to meet you, where he wants to bring perfect peace, where he wants to move us forward into all that he has for us. So back to Jairus, he had fought the crowds all day. He had waited for Jesus. And then he gets his moment. He finally has Jesus' attention. It says that Jesus turned to him and essentially said, what, what can I do for you? How can I serve you today? And at this moment, while Jairus has Jesus' attention, Jairus is getting the opportunity to say, my 12-year-old daughter is sick. She needs help. Can you help her? At this moment, right at the moment where he's getting to make his request to Jesus, the word says that another woman shows up and interrupts the whole moment. And she was a woman who had been sick for 12 years. In other words, Jairus' daughter was 12 and sick. But this woman had been sick for 12 years. She had been sick as long as Jairus' daughter was alive. She had been sick. No one had been able to heal her. The Bible says she crawled through the crowds. She came out. Of, we don't necessarily know why. I would imagine there's, there was shame attached to this. I would imagine that there is embarrassment. Probably felt like the least of these, but whatever way, she managed to come and just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, knowing if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And of course, the miracle happened for her. She was healed in that moment. And we've preached that story. We know that story well. But on the other side of that story, there's tragedy. Because while she's getting her miracle, that meant that Jairus had been interrupted from his moment with Jesus. Can you imagine? Like you just get to Jesus and you're just getting the words out of your mouth. And then all of a sudden you get interrupted and Jesus' attention is diverted. And all of a sudden you lost your moment. And then it says in verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. So don't bother the teacher anymore. In other words, 
it's too late. You missed your moment with Jesus. You're not going to have your moment. It's too late. Jesus didn't come through for you. Jesus didn't give you the prayer answer that you needed. Uh, so don't bother him anymore. Let's go home and let's tend to business. Can you imagine how that moment felt for Jairus? Like, can you imagine the hopelessness? Can you imagine something had died in his life? Something like, like, like this, this is the most gutting experience I think a parent can experience. And it says in verse 50, Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. I truly believe the whole goal following Jesus is not what he will do through us, but what he will do in us. So often we look for Jesus in the outcome but he wants us to know him in the process. The beautiful part of this story is that on this day, Jairus got his miracle, that Jairus' daughter was healed. She wasn't just healed from being sick. She was brought back to life. That our God is truly the God of revival and brought something that was dead back to life. But I believe Jairus had to walk through a couple of key decisions, and I want to offer you about four thoughts today that I believe we need to commit to in our own lives. If we want to see something dead come to life, if we want to have a personal revival, I want to offer you these thoughts. I believe Jairus found himself in, in, with these thoughts on some level, and um, this is what I'm going to be doing myself as we approach 2020. I guess these are the decisions I'm making for my own spiritual life for this new year. The first thing I think needs to happen if we're going to have a personal revival is number one, we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. Jairus got in line, lined up, waited his turn, pressed through the crowds to find Jesus. In other words, he was intentional. I guess I wanted to say this to all of us today. You will not accidentally fall into a stronger prayer life. You will have to fight for it. You will not accidentally fall into a stronger place spiritually. You will have to be intentional about it. No one is going to put this priority on your calendar for you. Everyone is going to have priorities for your calendar. There are plenty of people who are going to want a piece of your time or your schedule or your attention this year, but no one's going to put this on the calendar. This is up to you. In other words, you are going to have to clear some space and get God some room. You're going to have to be intentional. I know for this year, I'm going to continue to fight for intentionality in my spiritual life. One of the beautiful things that happened in my own season about three years ago was I, I got intentional. During that season, I was experiencing anxiety and I was walking through a season of being really unsettled on the inside and I didn't know what else to do. I just started going out in the morning for prayer walks just because I was so frustrated Honestly, the reason for the walking was because I was experiencing so much anxiety, I couldn't stay put. And But walking one day turned into walking the next day, and all of the sudden, I'm a 60-year-old man out walking every morning. Three years later, I'm still doing it. 
So yours may not be an old man prayer walk in the morning. Yours might be something else. But I believe we're going to have to be intentional because you will not accidentally fall into a stronger spiritual or prayer life this year. The second thing I would say to all of us today, if we're going to have a personal revival, is you're going to have to get messy. Get messy. Jairus brought his real needs to Jesus. He brought his desperation to Jesus. He, he brought um, the thing that mattered most to Jesus. You know, it's at the holidays where we often think of the names of Jesus. It's, it's in Isaiah. It's prophesied, the, the promise of Jesus for all of us. And he shall be called. And what, it hit me one day. What's the first name of Jesus in that passage of scripture? And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. I was thinking about that one day. What do you do at a counselor when you sit on the proverbial couch? Like, what do you do at a counselor? You get messy. <laughs> you get real. You bring the real stuff, the, the, the real and the raw to the counselor because you know the counselor can help. And if I'm honest with you, I think so, for so many years, I had a sterile prayer life because I think I thought I had to pray perfect. I think I thought I had to have perfect faith. And I couldn't bring God with my doubts or my problems. I had to come to him with, with enough faith to get him to do something for me. And if I lacked faith, he wasn't going to do it. And I think part of my personal revival, actually maybe the main part of my personal revival when I had it, was that I finally let down my guard and I got messy with Jesus. I just brought him the real and the raw. I brought him my hurts. I brought him my questions. Do you know God can handle your questions? Do you know he's not intimidated by your questions? That actually in the wrestles of your life, I believe he wants to show himself to you in a new way. I just think we can get messy with Jesus. There's a really simple, powerful, effective prayer that we can pray. And it's this prayer. It goes something like this. Help. <laughs> Help. It's so simple and it's so effective um, that sometimes that's just the side of us that Jesus needs. He just needs us to get messy. In other words, you can get real with God this year. Don't set goals that look impressive on Instagram or set goals that you can you know, show off to somebody with Set some real goals with Jesus. Get messy. Bring him your real needs, your real desires. I believe it's in the mess that you'll meet Jesus in a new way. So I believe we're going to have to be intentional. I believe we're going to have to get messy. And number three, if we're going to have a personal revival, I believe we need to stay put. <laughs> stay put. In other words, you could also say stay planted you're going to have to stay put. Now, now here's what I find so fascinating about this story with Jairus is Jairus finally gets through the crowd and he gets Jesus' attention. I mean, he's standing there. Jesus turns to him. He says, what can I do for you? What do you need? And just as he's getting the words out of his mouth, my 12-year-old daughter is sick. She's dying. Just as he's Having this moment with Jesus, someone comes up and interrupts him. Someone comes up and diverts Jesus' attention. It's the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus' attention breaks from Jairus, turns to the woman. Jairus loses his moment, and then tragedy hits. Someone comes to Jairus and says, your daughter is dead. 
And the voices around Jairus are saying, so don't bother the teacher anymore. In other words, you missed your moment. You missed your time. Jesus didn't come through for you. Let's go home. And Jairus had a decision in that moment. Am I going to go home or am I going to stay put? Am I going to stay in place right next to Jesus? Because he truly is the one that holds resurrection power. I find this really interesting because there was no promise of an outcome here. Jairus had to choose to stay put even with no promise that this thing would change or would turn around in his favor. And what's so interesting is that the woman that interrupted him had been sick for a really long time. She, she really needed something from Jesus. I mean, Jairus, you know, was there on behalf of his daughter. This woman had no one to go on behalf of her. This woman was there for herself, by herself, probably riddled with shame. Probably, you know, I think the reason she's probably crawling through the crowd is she probably couldn't, you know, show her head out of shame and fear. And she needed something from Jesus. And I guess here's what I wanted you to see. Because Jairus stayed put, not only did he get his miracle, but she got her miracle as well. In other words, because he didn't leave Jesus' side, because he stayed planted in all the promises of Jesus in that moment, because he stayed, and he didn't listen to the voices around it, because he stayed put, he got his miracle and she got it as well. And I truly believe this is something for us as leaders, that when we stay put, when we stay planted, when we stay faithful to Jesus, even when it seems like Everything is going on wrong around us. When, when, it, when things are dying around us, when, when we're in one of those seasons where things are really backwards, when we stay put, here's what I want to offer you today as a church leader, that Jesus will do a work in you. You will get your miracle. But the beautiful thing is if you stay put, so will someone else who probably needs it even more. So will someone else who can't do anything for themselves. In other words, our miracle in leadership is also someone else's miracle. And when you stay put, I believe that God is able to use your story and use your testimony and also use that moment as a moment of life for someone around you who might desperately need Jesus to show up in their situation. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what's staring you down this year, what part of you might be hurting or what part of you really needs God to show up. I just, I can't give you any better wisdom than stay put, stay planted, stay, stay right where you're at. The promises of God are still yes and amen over your life that, that planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Psalm 92 says that those are promises you can stand on in your life. God, I may not see you coming through right in this moment exactly how I expected you to, but I'm going to stay planted. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to stay in a posture of prayer. And I'm going to trust that when I hear prayer, you hear faith, that, that you're going to hear my faith. It's going to activate something. If you'll just have that spirit rise up on the inside of you, if you'll stay put, stay faithful, stay in faith, stay you know, believing in the promises of God for your life, I believe you will see dead things come to life in your life this year. And it will happen in God's timing and it will happen for God's purpose. I believe you will have a personal revival when you stay put, when you stay planted. And number four, I think I'll end here today having a personal revival. I hope this has helped you today. We need to be intentional. We need to get messy. 
We need to stay put. And number four, I believe we need to trust God. I believe we need to trust God. Trust God with the outcome. Trust God that he's more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Trust God knowing that I'm in your service, Jesus. I didn't sign up to be in ministry, to build an empire, to build an Instagram following, to, you know, to build a nonprofit. We signed up to serve Jesus. In fact, the ultimate finish line for all of us, well done, good and faithful servant, is just found in doing everything God asks us to do. We can trust God with the outcome. I heard a wise leader say to me once, I may not like God's plans, but I love his purposes. In other words, sometimes God uses seasons of adversity in our lives in order to show off his power and his glory in our lives. We may not always like the plans of God, but I believe we can love his purposes and what they want to accomplish in our lives. You can trust God with the outcome of your life and your ministry. And I believe if you'll trust God, if you'll view it through the eyes of faith, if you'll rest in the goodness and faithfulness of God, I believe that if you'll rest in the goodness and the faithfulness of God, I believe you'll see him show up in ways where you never have before. The beautiful part of the story is that when Jairus went home, his daughter was healed and he received the promise. Something was dead and came to life, of course, through the resurrection power of Jesus. And I believe ultimately it was because he trusted God. I mean, can you imagine being on that walk home going, I'm not going home to a sick daughter. I'm going home to a dead daughter and taking you walking with Jesus and long walk home. Can you just imagine the agony and the doubt and the fear? I believe Jairus had to trust God with the outcome. I'm going to end today where I began Philippians 3 and verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. My prayer for you for 2020 is that you would have a personal revival. Stay tuned to our digital magazine on our website, to Instagram. We're going to be walking this through for the next few weeks. My prayer is that something that is dead in you would come alive in Christ. Father, I pray today every single person under the sound of my voice, every single person who has raised their hand and is a part of the leading second tribe. God, I thank you for a new year, a new decade, a new opportunity to serve you in ministry. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing us. Thank you for allowing us the privilege and the honor to not just spend our lives for ourselves, but to spend our lives on behalf of others, building your church, serving your kingdom. It is the privilege and honor of a lifetime. Thank you, God, that we get to spend our lives doing it. Now, God, I pray today that as we walk into a new year, I pray this would be a year not just with natural strength, but with supernatural strength, supernatural power, resurrection power of Jesus. I pray that you would fill us today. I pray that every single person listening would make the commitments necessary to have a personal revival this year. And I pray as we do that, I pray our churches be better, I pray our communities experience the resurrection power of Jesus because revival starts with me. New things start with me. Father, I pray for the person that's walking through a messy situation in their life or their heart. I pray for the person experiencing anxiety and depression, fear, torment over their life and their mind. I pray for the person today that's just feeling dry and asleep spiritually. I pray resurrection power into their life. 
Jesus, I know no greater wisdom than to just point people to you. I ask that you would show up, that you would stride into those situations, that you would do what only you can do, and that resurrection power in our life would translate into miracles in other people's lives. God, as we stay put, I pray you would do a miracle not just in our lives, but in the lives of everyone around us. May that be our story in 2020 and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I'm so glad you joined us today for this special bonus episode of the Leading Second Podcast. Hey, I'm excited to announce that the Leading Second Podcast Season 3 is returning. Cannot wait to launch a reimagined flow of our podcast. I believe it's going to help you and bless you. Stay tuned to Leading Second and Team Church for all the events and resources coming in the new year. But until then, let me just say a big Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We're praying for you. We're, we're, We're running this race with you. So until next time, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join us on the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.